You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday. More technology in studio. Last week on Monday, we got to talk about technology, particularly social media. Today, yeah, that was fun. We're going <laughs> full in robotics in the studio. I'm really excited. I am really excited about that as well. Um, and, and what does that mean for uh, young people today? today, particularly young Christian students, um, what role can robotics play in um, in their education and in their mm-hmm. studies and, and how valuable can it be to them? We're going to talk with our favorite robotics team right here in the Midwest, the Robo Raiders, and uh, glad to have them in studio. And this time they brought along a robot, so we're going to have some fun in studio. <laughs> that means you can follow along on Facebook Live as well today. Go to KFUO Radio on Facebook and you can find us there. You can actually see us uh, with the robot in studio, which is kind Cool and all the Robo Raiders too, so really excited. I mean, about the people that. are cool too. Yeah, they are, <laughs> and they brought the robot, which is really cool. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about them at cuw.edu. That's cuw.edu. Live uncommon. So, robotics teams. Um, we, we learn, we hear about this all the time. Maybe you have a a, a child or a friend on a robotics team, but uh, the coolest robotics team that I've ever met is the Robo Raiders right here in the Midwest, uh, just across the river in Illinois, and glad to have them in studio. Some returning team members as well, uh, some senior team members, and glad to have you all here. Let's go around the room and introduce everybody. We'll start over here with Taylor. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning. Taylor, well- glad to have you here. Tell us a little bit about your role on the team. Um, I basically do all the soft skills stuff, so that means the display boards and creating the videos and business cards and such. Excellent. Well, glad to have you here this morning, Taylor. And then behind Taylor, we have Matthew. Hello, I'm Matthew. I am the engineering lead, so I work with the um, computer design of the robot and what we want the robot to do. And this is my second year on the team. Glad to have you here, Matthew. And next up, we have Bella. Hi. Hi, I'm Bella. Um, I usually keep charge of our outreach chart, which records all our uh, demos and design reviews and all that stuff. Excellent. Well, glad to have you here. And let's see, who do we have up next? Is it Ian? Isaac. Isaac. <laughs> Sorry, I got Ian and Isaac. One of the Isaac. <laughs> Isaac, glad to have you here. What's your role, Isaac? Uh, my name is Isaac, and I am the lead project manager, and I operate the robot. Lead project Sweet. manager, and you get to operate the robot, so he gets the fun job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ava is up next. My name is Ava, and I am the system integrator on the team. So my role is basically making sure that the different robot subteams all get a chance to work with the robot so that it all comes together to make a robot that actually works. That's impressive. Sounds very important. It does. <laughs> and let's see, who do we have Ian now? Yes, and I am wiring lead, which means I make sure that the all of the wiring on the robot is organized and protected, and I also help out with programming. Excellent. Also very important. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Thor. I'm Thor. I am the media lead. I'm also the driver of the robot, and I manage the 3D printer. Ooh, 3D printing. The driver of the robot. Now, I noticed that earlier before the program when we were doing some prep that it actually takes like several people to operate this robot. So I can't wait uh, in the second half of the program to actually see it in action and see how much uh, work goes into controlling this thing. So it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. All right. So tell us, uh, who wants to tell us a little bit about the history of the Robo Raiders and and who are the Robo Raiders? The Robo Raiders started 10 years ago um, to young boys went to a competition and thought it was really cool so they got their mom to start a team we started with lego robots um and then since then we moved up to the bigger metal robots 
Um, this is our 10th year on the team, and so we actually have none of our original members. We're all members that have been brought on throughout the years. That's really exciting. That's a long history, too. With, yeah. With, uh, with robot. I, I want to see some of those Lego robots. That sounds really fun. <laughs> that's, a, that's about my skill level. I probably. need a robot that picks up Legos off the floor so okay, I don't step there you on go. them. That's what I need. <laughs> uh, how, does, uh, how does being on a robot building team help you in other areas of your life? Well, things besides the robot is where I work, and that has helped me develop my skills in graphic design and how to delegate tasks and have more of a leadership role. Even if I don't have a role, I still can develop my leadership. A lot of the, the background skills. Yes. Yeah, I like that graphic design. That's my world. And and it's fun bridging, bridging all of those things together, too, kind of seeing how, how pieces of, of different skills kind of all fit together. It's like having a degree in graphic design and working in radio. Oh, hey, yeah, I know nothing about that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else? What other skills have you developed besides just building robots? What have you learned from this whole experience? So another great skill that I've learned is how to work on a team because uh, you you can build a robot by yourself. There are people out here there that do that, but it works a lot better when you have a team to be able to um, work together and you have to... Working with a team is different than just working by yourself, and you need to know how to do that, and I've learned a lot about that. So this is certainly something that's going to be helpful and useful in the future as well, learning how to work on a team to develop something as intricate as a robot. Um, it's it's great experience now, but also great practice for the future as well, and, and maybe full-time careers in the future. Anyone else? What else have you learned besides building robots? And we'll talk about what it means to build a robot, too, what all goes into that. Uh, something that has greatly helped me is uh, all the public speaking that comes along with robotics. Mm. I used to be extremely shy, but now I can talk in public and it's perfectly fine. <laughs> so that's a uh, great, Roborators is a great opportunity to um, improve your public speaking skills. So was robotics something that was really interesting to you and that was the hook and now <laughs> it's helped you develop those public speaking skills? Yes, definitely. Outstanding. Are you listening, parents? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So you have a child who who loves that. I was that kid who loves to oh. build things. Yeah. And you didn't then, like to talk. Surprisingly, nobody enough. believes that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what what other um, we've talked about? What other skills? All right. Who? What has been most memorable? And I know that Ava has a story about that. <laughs> what has been most memorable um, as you've participated in in Robo Raiders? This is like my all-time favorite story to tell. Um, because so a couple of years ago, we were at our regional competition. There are four regional competitions in the country, and so we were at ours. And the day was not going the way we had really planned. Um, so we we're kind of having a lot of problems with the robot, and it wasn't working. And so. There are two ways you can advance. You can advance either by your robot doing super well or by getting an award. Our robot was not doing super well, so we knew we weren't <laughs> advancing there. Um, and we hadn't advanced the previous year, so we were really, really hoping we would advance this year. And then as the awards were going on, they kept getting to more and more complicated awards. And we're like, if we couldn't win a low award, we're definitely not winning a high award, especially with the way our robot performed. And so it was like the second to last award that was being announced. And we're just all sitting there so disappointed that we weren't advancing. And then we ended up winning the top award of the competition, and that was the fastest I went from utter defeat to running on adrenaline. And it was amazing. I loved it so much. <laughs> what, was, what was that experience like for the whole, for the whole team, too? It was soul-crushing. We're just all <laughs> sitting there in a line together, like, oh my goodness, we're done. And then they, start, they sort of do like a little blurb about your team, talking about 
this is the team that won before you actually win the award to kind of get the team excited and other people wondering, oh, who is it? Mm-hmm. And as they're going through it, the first thing was something that other teams could have had. But then as it went along and they were describing our team more, we're like, that's got to be us. And so I just look over and everyone else is so thrilled. People were sprinting. People, like, their hats flew off. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is awesome. That's a great experience mm-hmm. for for the team to experience mm-hmm. together. Um, so, uh, World Championships is coming up. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Where where are they this year? So this year, the World Championship is in Detroit, Michigan. I think you probably like that. I do. Um, it's my hometown, sort of. Yeah, it was in <laughs> Detroit last year, also, and this is. We qualified last year, and then we've qualified for World Championship again this year, and we're really looking forward to that. And that's on April um, 23rd through the 27th. Oh, that's soon. Mm-hmm. What are you guys uh, most looking forward to at, at World Championships? Anything? So I look forward to just talking to all the different people there. World Championships, you can't really advance out of there, so there's mm-hmm. it's kind of a lower-stress competition than other ones, mm-hmm. even if that's kind of surprising. But it's just fun to talk to all the other teams there, see what they've done through the season, and see all the other different robots there. Notice he didn't say smashing the competition was what he was oh, looking man. forward to most, but <laughs> meeting the other teams. What a, a good team player. Um, it, other things that you're looking forward to. What do you do at World Championship? Yeah. I mean, tell us a little bit about the, give us a rundown of what happens at World Championships. <laughs> Obviously, you bring your robot along and you have to demonstrate, but uh, as I've learned in the past from your stories, that there's so much more to it. Who wants to share with us what happens? Ian? Yeah, so on Wednesday, we'll, which is like the 24th this year, we're going to be, there's like the, all the teams get, like do a little presentation to some judges and then the, in each team's, each of the teams are asked different questions by, by the judges for like a little Q&A session. And then on, in the, and then throughout the rest of the competition, it's ro- robot matches happen, which is when, yeah, which is where all the robots run and do cool stuff, <laughs> and then, um, and then that goes on until the flat last day, which will be April twenty seventh, and then, which is when, and then that's when like, like the, oh, I want to say alliance matches is that yeah, oh, and which is when the t- all the top teams will get to, get together and choose alliances. With like a setup of like three teams, and then they'll go against each other, and <clears throat> yeah, and in sort of like in a, a bracket type mm. challenge. And during the alliance selections, it's kind of different than the rest of the match. You want to be able to get with the best teams on your alliance. So if you're not the one picking it, you want to try, kind of go around and talk to the teams and say, hey, we're really good. Can you pick us? <laughs> and maybe talk to one and say, hey, you might think we're good, but we're maybe not that great if you don't want to be picked by them. And it's a lot of there's a lot of um, bureaucracy involved in getting onto the right alliance so that you can do your best in the final matches. Very strategic in your interactions mm. with the other teams to so build those alliances. That's why you like meeting the other teams. <laughs> yeah, that's Which a big part of it. <laughs> We are talking with the Robo Raiders here on the Coffee Hour. Coming up in just a little bit, we actually get to see the robot in action that they built, they designed, engineered, built, mm-hmm. and we're going to see it in action. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Facebook Live. Look for KFUO Radio, and uh, you can see the Robo, Reader, Robo Raiders right here in <laughs> studio. <laughs>
KFUO salutes our day sponsor, a listener who appreciates God's grace, on this Monday, April 1st, 2019. Today's day sponsor has made a contribution reflecting 2 Timothy 2, verse 11 through 13. Here is a trustworthy saying, If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Once again, we say thank you to a listener in Andover, Minnesota, who appreciates God's grace. Today's KFUO Day Sponsor. Lutheran Elementary School Association invites you to their 15th annual Cooking for Kids Tribute Dinner Auction on Saturday, April 6th. Proceeds for this event provide need-based scholarships to families and educational resources to their member schools. Students and families are seeking a quality education provided by Lutheran schools, and your support gives them that opportunity to receive that quality education. For information, call area code 314-200-0797. That's 314-200-0797. Hello, this is Dale Meyer, and I'm the host of Concordia Seminary's program, Word and Work, an Intersection. It airs weekly on Thursday afternoons at 2 o'clock Central Time, right here on KFUO. Together, we'll discover how the Word of God applies to daily life as we go about our various vocations. Be sure to tune in each week for an interesting discussion taking place at the intersection of Word and Work. This week on Issues Etc., we'll have Dr. Jacob Corzine answer the question, What or whom do we receive in the Lord's Supper? We'll discuss the blessings of baptism with Pastor Paul McCain, and we'll continue our series on Lutheran Catechesis, talking with Pastor Peter Bender about the close of the commandments and the crucifixion of Jesus. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Monday's Law and Gospel will be examining the reading for the fifth Sunday in the season of Lent. We haven't yet quite decided which reading we're going to be doing, but I guarantee you there will also be a new item that you are unaware of and comfort for your spirit. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. Listen to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Robotics Monday with the Robo Raiders in studio. The Robo Raiders are an awesome robotics team right here in the Midwest, and they are headed to the World Championships. And they even brought their robot with them today so that we could see it. Um, I don't have control of the robot, but... That might be smart. That's very smart. (laughs) That's probably planned. They didn't give me control of it. Uh, In studio, we have Taylor, Bella, Ava, Ian, Isaac, Thor, and Matthew. And uh, the controllers of the robot. Let's see, we have uh, Thor and Isaac controlling the robot in studio today. Follow us on Facebook. Get on uh, Facebook Live and, and see what's going on in the studio. You can actually see the robot. Yes, you can. It's really, really cool. It's really cool. So... Where do you begin? Uh, where do you begin with like design, engineering, <laughs> the idea? Where do you begin your idea for a robot? What uh, What do you have to start with for so, a competition like this? So our um, design process that we use starts with brainstorming. We come up with all the ideas that could possibly be used to complete this challenge. 
This year, we have to grab um, wiffle balls and little plastic box blocks, pick them up, and put them into two different areas that are right next to each other. So we came up with a whole bunch of different ideas for that, like using a vacuum cleaner um, and a whole bunch of other crazy ideas. But then normally those get kind of narrowed out. After that, then you go on to prototyping, where you do easy mock-ups. So you'll use a lot of zip ties, a lot of duct tape, and you'll hope it lasts more than 10 minutes. But it's just kind of a proof of concept. And that's when we realized that um, some of the ideas are just way too out there. And some of them might actually work. And then after that, we do something called a decision matrix, which I think Ava can tell you a little bit more about. On our decision matrix, we put down all of our different options for um, different systems. So, like, for example, the collection, we collect um, wiffle balls and blocks. So we came up with a list of all the different collection options we had. And then we came up with criteria that each option needed to have, such as speed, um, reliability, durability, things like that. We would rank them all with a number. And then based on how well, on like a scale of one to five, the system that we prototyped could accomplish that, we would multiply it by the number given to the criteria. And then based off of that, they would come up with a final score of how well, how good they were. And then based off of those scores, we're able to narrow down which ones we wanted more data on and which ones we wanted to pursue in the computer design process. So there's, there's a long process that goes into this. And I'm, I'm only half listening because I'm watching the robot. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, there's a, uh, so how did you how did you end up with with this final design? There's just a lot of a lot of iteration, a lot, a lot of duct tape. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and uh, what parts of the of this robot do you actually um, build? Is any of this prefabricated? Any? Uh, it used to be prefabricated parts. Is that correct? So with the competition we're in, there is very limited, there are very strict rules on what prefabricated parts we can use. They can only have one degree of freedom. So like, if you have a um, linear slide like we use, that's fine. You can have like drawer slides off a cabinet. You can buy those. But you couldn't have a drawer slide that has a pivot on it. That huh. wouldn't be okay. So then we have some parts that we buy, but most of the stuff we buy is basically stock aluminum, or um, we have a provider that we buy a lot of our parts that have different specialty holes in them. Yeah, this isn't stuff you just go to the store down the street and buy. Uh, these are, uh, some of these are, are special pieces, right? Yes. Some yeah. of these parts we actually custom made. We got a CNC machine this year, so we would design what part we wanted, and then we were able to cut it out using the CNC. What is, uh, first of all, what is your robot named? I forgot to ask that. It's spelled C-H-A-R-O-N. No one can agree on how to pronounce it. <laughs> I think the person who came up with the name says it's named Sharon. But then there's also people who say it's called Sharon or Sharon or Cheerios or Karen <laughs> or... Cher. Or Sharon. Yeah. I like Cheerios. That's fun. We're very creative in what we call the robot. <laughs> so your robot with the name that no one can pronounce, uh, is what, it, what is your robot capable of? What are, what are the main tasks that the robot can carry out? Our robot collects minerals using the double spinners on the front. Those spinners will collect the blocks and balls, and then they hold it in a hopper that can hold a maximum of two because we're not allowed to carry more than two or we get a penalty. Um, that system then flips up and drops it into a ramp that actually sorts them as they drop. In the competition, there are two different slots, one for blocks, one for balls. 
and we didn't want to have to manually sort it. So we have a system on there that sorts it for us. It's a ramp. The blocks are shorter than the balls, so the blocks slide under the ramp. The balls get pushed by the ramp, so they go in two different directions. And then we also have a lift system that allows us to score the things we've collected into the two separate categories. And then our robot also has to hang. So our robot has to actually pull itself up at the end of the match. Wow. Off the ground. That's, so, that's cool. If you were playing a game of Hungry Hungry Hippo, <laughs> you could really, like, you could win with this. You could defeat everybody. You could. Exactly. So, yeah. How does, how does driving the robot work? So to drive the robot, we actually have a fairly um, cool drivetrain. It's called a Mechanon drivetrain. It has wheels that are um, specially designed so that if they move in opposite directions, it actually moves side to side. Our controllers have two different sticks. We actually use Xbox controllers. Nice. <laughs> so we use the two different sticks. One of them moves the robot forward, backward, and side to side. The other one, depending on where you point it, it turns. So... Um, our driver, Thor, can move the stick forward and backwards. The further he moves it, the faster it goes. And then the, that's the left stick. Then the right stick is used when he puts it to the right, it turns right. Left turns left. And um, this program, I believe, is called a robot-centric program because all the controls are relative to where the robot is facing. So this, for, for our, our listeners on the radio, this robot can actually turn completely all the way around, and it can go side to side. Yes. Which is not something I, would, I expected to see when the robot rolled in. It started going side to side, but that's, that's probably, uh, well, I don't know, probably super useful. We wanted a lot of maneuverability. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, are there any, um, I don't know, secret ingredients or fancy things that you guys <laughs> added to this? I don't know if you can talk about all the, the custom stuff or, or uh, little extra fancy things that, that you added in. So, yeah, there are a lot of different cool things that we've designed. Um, one thing that doesn't really serve much of a purpose, <laughs> but is a big lifesaver for the drive team and programmers, are we actually have handles on our robot to pick it up. <laughs> And if you're watching the Facebook Live, you can see these the two little red stick-out things. Um, those are handles. We actually 3D printed those ourselves <laughs> with our 3D printer. And they are really great because if you had to like grab something, a small aluminum part that's really hard on your hands, but having actual handles makes it a lot easier. What else did you, did you use your 3D printer for? Our 3D printer, so on the front of the robot, the spinners there, the wheels that the spinner the rubber bandish things are yeah. connected to. Um, we 3D printed that. Ah. Then there's also a mount for our battery that we 3D printed. Um, I don't remember the exact number on how many 3D printed parts we have. I think there's about 20 3D printed parts oh, wow. on a robot. Then we also have another um, machining tool called a CNC miller. It uses a giant drill and a drill bit to move around and cut things out out of aluminum or plastic to the shape we want. And we use that to do um, a lot of different pieces, like our drivetrain plates that have like all the different cool cutout holes mm -hmm. to reduce weight. Those we cut out on our CNC. So if you're watching the Facebook Live, you can see that. Mm -hmm. I'm mesmerized. I know, I'm just watching. <laughs> and now I don't want to go to any of my meetings the rest of the day because I want to. I want to work with the robot the rest of the day. Um, I have some technical questions and also some some other fun questions. Okay, who's the youngest on the team and who's the oldest? What are the age ranges on the team here? <laughs> the youngest on the team and I'm about like 15 years old. 15 and who's the oldest? He's not 
here. I think he's 18. So 15 to 18 years old. Uh, engineer, design, built this entire robot. That's impressive. Uh, and it's making sounds. Is it singing <laughs> to us? That's the sad robot sound. Oh, Aww. no. Sad robot. Why is it sad? Um, <laughs> two other technical questions. We only have about two minutes left. And one question is... Um, I noticed that the controllers are not connected directly to the robot. So you had to have some sort of wireless connectivity yes. to the robot. Mm -hmm. um, who designed that or who planned that? And then also, um, because there's nothing plugged into the robot, that means you had to use batteries too. How did you decide the battery and the capacity? Because yeah. how long does this thing have to run when you're in a competition? Yeah. So the battery is actually almost out, unfortunately. But like... <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, as far as like actually connecting the robot and controlling it, so we have uh, there is a robot controller phone on the robot, which is used to like tell the robot what to do, which actually tells the robot what to do, and it sort of acts as the brain of the robot. And then there, we have another phone connected to that robot controller called the driver station, which takes in like different um, programs and. Um, um, joyce the uh, game pad controller info information and actually sends that to the robot controller for extra by means of Wi-Fi Direct. Very cool. So you write the programming then uh, that's used on those phones. Phones. Yes. How cool is that? And our electronics, our phones and batteries are actually very strictly regulated of what we can use and not. There are two different batteries we're allowed to use. Both of them have um, equal ratings on power outputs. And then the phones, there are only two different kinds of phones. So we didn't have a lot of choice in designing that. That was just given to us for to use. But then we design all the mechanical things and we can choose what motors and um, sensors and uh, things like that we use. We are all out of time, and uh, if you're looking for me, I will be with the Robo Raiders the rest of the day. Uh, the high school uh, homeschool robotics team, the Robo Raiders, uh, Matthew, Taylor, Bella, Ava, Ian, Isaac, and Thor, and Sharon, Sharon. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio. Thanks for joining us for the coffee hour today. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.